Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Edward's Review, where remember, remember the 5th of November. Gunpowder, treason, and plot. The reason why I'm saying it is because today of all days is November the 5th. Uh, yes, uh, officially, uh, we're entered, uh, the final two months of the year. I figured, why not? Play an old homage of the classic, uh, comic book adaptation to V for Vendetta. Now, as a comic book, uh, lover, I do have to admit, the graphic novels themselves is quite of a large count. But, at the same time, I gotta understand that all of the adaptations of the comic, uh, never got into film. So, of course, this is where I'm slowly breaking down the plot of the movie, uh, how it was. So, uh, spoilers uh, for those who have seen it, but definitely uh, I love to see this anytime during the month. So, of course, uh, the movie starts us off with us being in a Victorian-like modern society, uh, as if uh, Parliament or the United States has literally been like Union Jack, if you will. Uh, which this is a dystopia uh, term uh, film where the person uh, or the people inside the uh, this the country, if you will, uh, it's being ruled by a, a dictating monarch, if you will. And that is, like, a huge no-no in my book. But even so, this is how dictatorship and modernism is, like, two different things. Uh, and if I have to put it into terms, uh, a dictator is pretty much controlling everything what he knows what would be best for the people. Whereas the monarch uh, pretty much knows what to do for the people, but in a way of being systematically uh, choosy. So, you know, there's two different things. And even so, I'm not much of a politic, uh, politic kind of guy. So I kind of leave that alone. But this film shows how the people of a simple country, if you will, uh, gets way oppressed that that's enough. That's way too much being oppressed and all that, so there is always an uproar. Of course, the films uh, starred uh, Natalie Portman, uh, who some of us remember uh, from her films like Black Swan, the uh, Star Wars films, and, you know, uh, Thor being uh, Dr. Jane Foster, which her current uh, position right now would be Thor uh, in Thor Love and Thunder, uh, which would be the uh, fourth Marvel movie that I know of, but I'm jumping ahead with that uh, talent, that wonderful actress. And we also have uh, Hugo Weaver. We all know his work. Uh, again, in the Marvel movies, uh, he was the Red Skull, the first Red Skull, uh, other than uh, Ross um, Monarch. Uh, who took over and reprises the voice and the uh, endgame role. We also uh, 
Now that Hugo Weaver was more of a uh, villain, villainous uh, role, uh, we all we know him as Agent Smith, and then uh, we have him as a supporting cast in Lord of the Rings. If you don't believe me, go ahead and look it up. Of course, uh, we cannot forget that the late and great John Hurt uh, was also the uh, villain in the film, if you will. And so, this film, if I have to talk like this, is literally just one uh, goose egg of a person over another. So, of course, we meet our characters uh, in different situations. Uh, Natalie Portman's going to her daily basis as a worker of the country. She uh, doing something that is probably illegal, uh, which she got stopped by what we would call uh, police. They call them as minmen or constables. And so, of course, we get Hugo Reaver's character who comes in dauntlessly, by the way, as the historic hero uh, to an oppressed world, uh, which gives us a valiant, uh, valiant jester, if you will. But even so, we have our uh, character who wants to break free of this oppression, this chain of command, if you will. And, of course, we know that uh, he literally blew up Parliament. Or at least the symbol of Parliament. The film in itself, it's already broadcast as a wonderful piece of telling a fine storyline of which is happening. I mean, we all kind of live through it. Kind of. Uh, some of us may have gone a mask or two. I swear, I was never near anything that was oppressed. Uh, I do have photos uh, during our uh, time, so to speak, uh, when a certain member uh, was in office. I've said on that one. So, of course, this film is like counting the days of uh, of a year, if you will, of knowing that this person is responsible for the bombing and then will do so again due to another uh, oppressed moment for another year. And constantly his annex is causing a bit of an uproar, if I have to say so, on having... having to be, you know, the one starting this revolution. Of course, the progression of the film, we see our character, Evie. Uh, <laughs> Evie, V, ha, 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 Just going through the motion where things are happening, things are slowly progressing to anarchy, if you will. But to a slow progression that it only happens slowly and then it kind of stops. And then some of the members of Cabinet is, you know, unalive. Now, to be frank, um, this was a thought in, I believe, Vertigo or Dark Horse. I am not too familiar with the company that produced this, but this 12-issue uh, homage, if you will, does 
paint us a pretty picture of what's happened to a society, if you will. That gives us both uh, a way of wondering, like, what should we worry? What should we be afraid of? And in truth, and I'm not doing this as like an upstart or anything, but in truth, our government or our parliament or whatever organization that deals with the political side, they should be afraid of their own people. Because this is how the story goes, that if you keep a person down, you keep forgetting that there was always a time. And if I have to pull back on history, uh, look at the French Revolution. (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of gunpowder right there, and there's always some things happening. And there's always something that's not only strange, but something totally different. Uh, occurs uh, every so century. Now, befitting of today, uh, we've seen these types of masks, these, um, oh lord. Well, we see these Guy Fox uh, masks, right? And they're constantly like our symbol of of we are done being oppressed, we are become anarchists, we are choosing to fight for our rights, we are choosing a way of not talking about it, but an action, and this is how the movie want to portray those masks, because um, people are literally fed up, they are literally just wanting like do something that would harm a society but in a way it's not harming the society you're just having them realize that there's something amiss there's something wrong on many things so that being said and I'm trying not to sound like a you know hysteric or conspiracy the film in itself uh, gave us thoughts and reason. Even so, uh, in the film, uh, after when Evie is partially captured, and she's finding the way to not, you know, continue on being with V, we, we see a side of her, or seeing a side where, in case if there was ever something wrong, there's always, like, someone uh, causing things to happen. So, of course... Of course, there's always, like, our our history or our backstory of our characters. So, in the film, uh, if you progress further from, like, good act one, act two, if you will, we already see that the reason why V is going after these men is because they're in his incarnation or incar- his imprisonment, if you will. He's been... Through so many test subjects, uh, nightmare, if you will, on going through this whole thing. I mean, if I end up being locked up and, you know, go a little stir crazy, yeah, that would probably be me trying to get back for those who, you know, try to think that I'm dead. 
or unalive. Or like unalive. But even so, it's like, it's a progression that whoever thought that their past will never catch them. Uh, their past finds a way to get a hold of them. And, well, you know what happens. <laughs> so, of course, uh, through almost an end of it, we are brought to the realization that Evie is just another person uh, that is part of this whole group, if you will. Because she kind of went through what V kind of went through, but there was another test subject that went through her... went through this sort of thing here. I mean, there was a time where Natalie Torment literally had shaved her head. And believe it or not, that was for that scene. So that's the reason why there's some photos a uh, little early on uh, to near her, her near completion of her uh, talent that she has very, very short hair. Now, I call it dedication. I don't know what anyone calls it. Personally, if I saw that happen again, uh, <laughs> there better be a good reason other than for a movie role. That being said. So, of course, we're brought to the attention that what V became was more like a symbol. And a symbol, in, in its own right, uh, cannot go away. It's there. It's a constant uh, reminder of things that could happen will happen. And it's a thought that you that anyone would assume that it's not going to be there. So as I'm bringing this up to a close uh, we're I, I know I'm doing a, a fast half job on this one but the film uh Cinematically genius in there. The lighting of deep contrasts of certain scenes, as well as the notion of the grays in it. It's the neutral uh, of the film that's progressing the story as the story has been told. And majority of the time, the only time you ever see uh, colors uh, would be the firework scenes and the explosions, because. This is where, you know, people who've seen black and white are starting to see color. If, if I have to do a comparison on how people are feeling, uh, somewhat think of Pleasantville, but crank up the action <laughs> to like a 10, 20-ish, because the film literally gives you like this slow progression that there is color, there is life inside the film in itself but it is these people that are negative against that positivity that's causing it to you know be a little different you know so anyways i'm bringing this episode to a close i do thank you for uh, listening in i do appreciate it uh we are slowly progressing on different things right now i uh <laughs> I, for one, am kind of proud that there is actually some work that I've actually put out there. So, 
but still, there is some things that I'm still working on. There's a networking thing I'm rebuilding uh, because uh, I'm, I'm a recent graduate. I suppose we haven't like a field or something totally different or anything. So, anyways, I do thank you for listening. And as always, until next time, you guys have a good one. See ya. Hey guys, I want to thank you for uh, listening uh, to my podcast. I'm also known to be over at not only Spotify, but as well as... Oh, wow. I'm also on Spotify, Breaker, uh, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and public uh, radio public so yeah if you guys uh, want to keep on listening uh, besides me covering certain stories uh, just shoot me a message on my review page uh, over at anchor.fm forward slash edward dash castro 5 that is uh, c-a-s-t-r-o and as a joke no relation